Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Adam Miller and today I'm joined by Jules Boyle, who's back from his holidays, and Gaby Mackay, who's still traumatised by his hero Taylor Swift's appearance in the Cats trailer. Incredible to think how much has changed since Jules logged off in early July. Arsenal were on the verge of signing Kieran Tierney. No one knew if Brian Kent would be playing for Rangers this season. Different times. On the pod today, we'll be discussing Motherwell's unusual sponsorship announcement and what that means in the context of football's relationship with gambling. We'll be reacting to today's Champions League and Europa League draws and asking what impact the return of League Griffiths will have on Celtic. So first of all, Motherwell today confirmed that their new sponsors are Paddy Power, except you won't be able to tell from their shirts. Days after a similar announcement involving Huddersfield Town, the bookies confirmed that they'll be sponsoring Motherwell, but their names won't appear on the strip as part of their hashtag Save Our Shirt campaign. A spokesman for Paddy Power said, Motherwell are the second club to join the Save Our Shirt campaign, which sees us give something back to the fans, namely their shirt. We're delighted that The Well are joining in the fun for the upcoming campaign, and we've been impressed with their ability to keep their involvement top secret despite all the noise of the past week. Scotland has always played an influential role in shaping history, and now it does so once again as Motherwell become the second team to join the campaign. Um, we know our place, and it's not on your shirt. So, Gaby, I think we can all agree the kits look good without a sponsor, and one less team without a gambling logo on their top can't be a bad thing. But is this just a positive development or is it also a PR stunt that ultimately sees a gambling firm get more exposure than they would have done by simply putting their name on a Motherwell top? I think it can be both. It can be a good thing and it can be a genius bit of PR. I think the the shirt looks looks very good. I always personally prefer a football shirt without a sponsor on it. I think they just it kind of that old school look looks yeah. a bit a bit more classy. As you say, it means there isn't a gambling logo right on the front of it. And obviously it is great PR for Paddy Power, but that's what they're there to do. That someone's come up with that idea. Yeah, it's yeah. a brilliant idea. You have to give them you have to give them credit for that. Um I'd be interested to see, I don't know if it will mean that Far Park will then therefore be plastered with Paddy Power logos to compensate for the fact that they're not on the shirt. Yeah. Um I I I mean literally have no idea, so I wouldn't like to speculate on that. But I think it's I, it's probably a good thing not necessarily done for the right reasons, but then you have to remember Motherwell previously have had um, a, a cash converters, a pawn, pawn, not a pawn shop, I'd like to make that very clear. <laughs> Depends what you use it for, yeah. I guess. A pawn shop and I think possibly a payday loan company, and I think you could argue that those type of establishments are even more harmful than gambling firms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from a moral point of view, is it better to have a gambling firm sponsoring the club and not actually being plastered on the shirt than some of the other sponsors that they and other Scottish football teams have had in the past. Um, as I said, I think I think it can be a good thing done for not necessarily the right reasons. Jules, we, we've talked about gambling on the podcast recently and we don't need to go into the same level of detail regarding you know its impact on society. But is there a, are we past the point where we can, in Scottish football, afford to be sniffy about where the money comes from so whether that be gambling alcohol or as Gaby mentioned before things like cash converters do we just have to go we need the money or is there a line I think there has to be a line somewhere um I think if you look at you know the idea now imagine having say like cigarette brands on a football shirt would seem completely um alien um much in the way that the 
the smoking bands came in and pubs and stuff like that. Now it feels like a weird idea to be, you know, spark up a big doofer in the middle of the pub. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, ugh, horrible. Whereas, I think if you have Benson Hedges on your... <laughs> big doofer. Big doofer. You know, big doofer. Yeah, but I come from the doofers of the remote. <laughs> That's because your primitives don't use smoke remotes. So. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like, imagine Benson Hedges in the front of a football shirt. It was just, you just couldn't have a photo. It's totally unhealthy. You can't have that. Yeah. Or even having, I don't know, Bucky. Do you know what I mean? If they yeah. ever actually did sponsorship or whatever, you couldn't have it. Gambling, I think possibly at some point in the future that might be looked on the same thing. Sadly, as we discussed a lot of the time, that's where a lot of the money is in sport. There's a lot of money in advertising and gambling. We've got a massive budget for PR. And without it, I think a lot of teams would struggle. I mean, there's no denying it. And obviously, we've discussed it at length before about yeah. the rights and wrongs of it, but they do put a lot of money in the game. There has to be a sort of level of moral um, responsibility, I think, and limitation. It can't be totally bombarded everywhere. I think what Paddy Power are doing with this is interesting. Because obviously, first and foremost, it is a PR stunt. Um, second and second most, it's still a PR stunt, and we could go down a few levels. It's utterly a PR stunt and everything else. It, it, as much as a campaign to save shirts and it's you know a nice thing like that, it's none of these things. It's purely, I think, yeah. and it's no bad thing. I'm not saying it's a criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, Motherwell sign a new shirt sponsor, and they've got that. It's not new. It's no disrespect to Motherwell. It's not really as much a, a story if Rangers or Celtic do either. It's not a, a thing. It's not that big a deal. They do it for visibility and advertising. Nobody's going to be writing about it. It's not going to be a big thing. Yep. Paddy Power doing this immediately gets everybody talking about it, getting this total press, and it becomes a story. And that's what all PRs are trying to get. They're trying to get a story. It's not just about the, the visibility. They've got the publicity for that now. As Gaby says, I think you will get, you know, Fir Park will be festooned with Paddy Power. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure it will be. It'll probably be on other things as well. Maybe it'll turn out to be on the training tops all the time. It'll be you know, whatever. Um, mm. they'll, they'll be like bunting across the goals with Paddy Power on it, do you know what I mean? But it, it is a PR stunt and it's a great one and it's a brilliant idea. But also it has that knock-on effect, the byproduct, which is not the reason they're doing it, of not only having the shirts look nicer but not having it in your face. Yeah. Which, which I think is only a good thing. And that's obviously not why they're doing it. But I think obviously being a big company they are, they've crunched their numbers, um, as we talked about earlier on that different mm-hmm. way. They've crunched their numbers and thought, how much will we get out of doing it this way than doing it the old-fashioned way? And obviously the numbers are favourable to do it this way without having their name on it. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it because they're not a charity, they're not a, you know, the, the old lovely guys that want to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously good for them. They're going to make more money and get more stuff out of doing it this way. So that, that's what they're doing. It kind of reminds me of, I remember David Beckham when he signed for Paris Saint-Germain. And he basically said that he was going to give his wages to, like, a French children's charity. And everyone's yeah. like, well, that's a PR stunt. I'm like, yeah, it is. But yeah. the charity still gets the money. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, now, I know this is uh, not exactly the same thing, but it's kind of like, well, yeah, it's a nice kit. It doesn't have a big gambling logo on it. D- does it really matter the, the, the reasons behind it? Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I don't think it does. I, th- I think it's a good thing. Um, if everyone done it, it wouldn't work because it wouldn't be a story. You know, mm-hmm. everyone, it'll be a story yeah. for like 10 minutes, you know, and all of a sudden, so it's good, it's, it's happening, it's not It's not going to catch on, it's not going to come the norm, because then the norm, there's, there's no publicity in that, Um, but it's a good thing, and, and you know, Huddersfield have obviously got it, and Motherwell have got it, so there's there's no, I don't see there's any downside to it, Um, basically, you know, Motherwell get the money, the Paddy Power get their publicity that they want, there's less, you know, gambling, advertising, uh, getting rammed down your face, Although we will see, as, as you mentioned, do you know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see what the kind of, you know, if that's a whole season, because they'll get their PR for it just now. Um, yep. But then you've got a whole season with no logo on it, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So uh, there must be more to it than that. There must be something else. Um, I'm not entirely sure what it is. 
Uh, but there's going to be more to that, do you know what I mean? Um, yep. But we'll need to wait and see. Yeah, we'll soon find out. So Celtic, Aberdeen and Rangers all found out their potential opponents in the third qualifying rounds of their respective European competitions earlier today. Starting with Celtic, if they can get past Numi Kalju from Estonia, they'll play either Cluj from Romania or Maccabi Tel Aviv from Israel. Jules, will Celtic fans be happy with that draw? Um, not massively. Um, they're, they're both they're both tricky draws. It's getting to that point. Um, I mean, they're all tricky. I mean, as we saw, even even the first rounds there, there's no easy games in these mm-hmm. qualifiers at all. I mean, they're all banana skins. They're all cup games. Um, but you look at it, Maccabi Tel Aviv and Cluj. I mean, they're both decent sides. Um, they're both teams that could easily cause it. I wouldn't even say cause an upset. They're easily teams that could just put Celtic out easily. Mm-hmm. Celtic are more than capable of putting them out and, and, and going forward, and, and that's yep. n- not not up for debate. But it could go either way. I mean, it's it's, it's tricky ties. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, and what's a what's a realistic ambition for Celtic in this year's Champions League? Uh, it's all, well, you know, the thing I, I you always think about realistic ambitions. A lot of Celtic fans get annoyed when Celtic don't like you know get into the group stage of Champions League, do well in the group stage, get into the last sixteen, and you look at the sort of the resources they're playing with and the, and the situation that yep. they're in. What is really realistic, really? Do you know what I mean, wherever Rangers or Celtic do anything in, in these European things, are punching above their weight um, every single time. And at the moment, obviously, the, the the teams coming off you know three trebles in a row, they've done that. Europe's not been great for them. Mm-hmm. I think any Celtic fan, you know would be delighted to get in the group stage. Um, after that, you'd be delighted not to get a doing, yeah. you know, and that thing, get back to at least, you know, holding their own a little bit, you know, getting a third place and getting into the Europa League, you'd be, 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 be fine with that. Or, you know, that the, the dream of the last 16, which I think is just kind of getting further and further away mm-hmm. every year these days. Um, but the group stage, it's always got to be, you've got to be in with the group stage and hoping to at least give a good account of yourself in it. So if I... Put, if I put it to a Celtic fan, you can be involved in the Champions League in February next year, mm-hmm. but it's going to have a detrimental impact on the title race. Not saying that Celtic wouldn't win the title race, but that those extra fixtures, those extra fixtures mean there's an accumulation of injuries, uh, there's fatigue setting in, and that doesn't look good going into the title running. Would Celtic fans just absolutely scrap that? It's got to be the nine in a row. I think so. Yeah. I think so. The league's a priority. It's always priority. But they're a Scottish team, um, and you want to win the league. Uh, Europe's a bonus, um, a great bonus, a huge bonus. Um, I think if you can get to the group stage of the Champions League, you're set up for a dodge for the next season alone. Um, obviously, you want to take it further. You want it after Christmas, but you don't want to get. You know, you don't want to give up the league. Never mind no. nine in a row. Do you know what I mean? But I think if you ask any Celtic or Rangers fan, um, you know, the teams have contested it for so long there. It's to win the league. That that's the beyond end all. I mean, yeah. there's there's no glory in you know doing, you know. I mean, look at Celtic got to Seville that year, mm-hmm. um, and you know finished season with Hee and Seville was an amazing achievement and done all that sort of stuff. But still didn't get anything at the end. Yeah. Um, I don't think any Celtic fan would want to jeopardise losing losing nine in a row just for. It's not like you're going to win the Champions League. No. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're going to get any further than that. So to get a wee bit of a run and then get put out in February by you know somebody else. Do you yeah. mean? Nah. Okay, so if Aberdeen can knock out Chikura Sakeri, I'm going to go with well that. Well Japanese actor, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> they'll come up against the Croatian side HNK Rijeka. Gaby, do you believe there's enough quality in Derek McInnes' squad for group stage qualification to be a realistic aim? 
I mean, firstly, I resent you making me talk about the Europa League. The the, <laughs> the busted. Yeah, I mean, the two most traumatic things of my recent life were the Europa League and the Cats trailer, and you brought both of them up uh, in the one podcast. So, uh, thanks for that. Well, uh, I think it's difficult for Aberdeen. I think it's difficult for any Scottish team the amount of rounds you have to go through to get to the group stage. I mean, we saw Rangers did it last year. It was a great achievement. For Aberdeen, uh, have they played uh, Rijeka before? Am I, am I right in saying, or was it another Croatian team? Did, did you say they beat Rijeka? They beat a them five to an aggregate a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's that's what I thought. Yeah. So um, you, they've obviously shown that they can beat. Well, I was going to say teams of that level, that team before. Uh, although you'd expect the team from the Croatian league to be to be decent enough. I know Dinamo Zagreb dominate that league even more than Celtic dominate the Scottish league. And uh, you've obviously got uh, Hajduk split after that, and Rijeka probably, I guess, would be the third best team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 difficult to say. Again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and uh, say I've watched huge amounts of the the Croatian league so far. Um, it's it's difficult. I think you know Aberdeen certainly. I think they went backwards a bit last season. They finished fourth. They've done pretty well in Europe under McInnes. They eventually got past. Um, the reindeer um, fairly comfortably. Uh, I'm not get the rops. So I think yeah, they've got they've got decent enough squad, decent enough to get to the group stage. I'm not convinced. I'm not sure. But then if they can get through this round, then that obviously puts some more money in the pot, and that mm-hmm. means you can maybe get another one or two players in. So you, you really never know. I think. Okay, and uh, Rangers of course reunited this week with Progress Niederkorn, and if they manage to exercise those demons, they'll be up against FC Mitterland from Denmark. Gabby, again, is the is the Rangers team of two thousand and nineteen sufficiently different to the Kashina team of two years ago for progress not to really be considered a threat this time? You would well, you would hope so, given given what we know the level of the league in, in Luxembourg is. Although maybe progress aren't aren't as bad as we thought they were the first time around. I think they've had one or two decent runs in Europe, but you'd have to. I'm not going to hedge my bets on this one. You'd I like that. Yeah. <laughs> See what you you'd absolutely think that Rangers would have to get through that. And then I think the, it's a tough one in, in the next round. I think uh, Mitchelland or however you pronounce it, I think they've been in the Champions League group stages a few times. I mean, without pulling up any trees, but it's a bit like, it's a bit like Celtic getting there. Once you get there, yeah, you're probably going to get battered, but I think they're a decent team. Denmark, I think, has uh, summer football as well, so they should be in the middle of their season. So I think that'll be a tough one, but they should certainly have enough to get past progress. Niederkorn this time, you would you would think. Not be about the bush. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jules, for Rangers, should group stage qualification be the bare minimum expectation in the Europa League this year, considering that was uh, one of the high points of Gerrard's first season was the European run do you think if Rangers can't emulate that this season, that would be a, considered a, a disappointment? To get into the group stage? To, um, even, to, to even sort of make a fist of it? To in make the, a fist of it, yeah, stage. I think so. I mean, obviously, I mean, you're looking to improve every year, especially, um, I think Stephen Gerrard's got that because he's taking over a team who were in a bit of the grubber and he's obviously wanting to get them, you know, he's got in the second place, he gave them a good account in Europe. Obviously, this season, of course, he's going to want to win in the league, winning silverware and doing better in Europe. Um, I think if... Because they've done all right last last season in the group stage, I think it would feel a bit of a letdown if it's a kind of a bit flatter this year. Yep. Especially if they don't win the league, mm-hmm. uh, if they don't win cups, at least you know they can go well. You know we didn't do that, but we've got this. I mean, it's it's another string to their bow, and also as well, I think it gives the team a bit of confidence, a bit of 
a bit of spring in their step uh, to take back to domestic football after going and playing well in Europe and getting some results and that can help. Obviously it can strain and put a drain on you know, the, the domestic campaign as well but I think it definitely, you know, you're coming off a good victory against a decent team in Europe you come back in with your heads up and that can you know, add, a, add a lot to the side as well. So. Yeah. I think uh, similarly to what you were saying earlier about Celtic, I think uh, for Rangers going into such a, an important domestic season, I think probably most Rangers fans would end up saying, you know, as much as they're wanting the decent Euro- Europa League run, I think if they had the opportunity to stop Celtic winning nine in a row, I think ultimately that's got absolutely. to be the, the yeah, priority. Absolutely. So turning now to Lee Griffiths, who was today speaking of his delight at having returned to the Celtic setup saying the reception he received when he replaced Odson Edouard against FK Sarajevo made the hairs on the back of his neck stand up. Jules, do you think Griffiths has a big role to play this season? Um, I would hope so. I think so. Um, obviously, he's not really played for the team for quite some time, and that's him just coming back in. Yeah. Um, the team's been short on strikers, and, and, and that's been obviously a case. Um, you're, you're having him coming back in. He's been at the club a long time. He's proven. He knows the club. He knows the demands. He knows the pressure of it. Obviously, these own issues um, with different pressures like that. But as a, as a player, as a, as what is required for a Celtic striker, um, he, he's he's got it there. Uh, I think he could be a huge asset, particularly in a domestic situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where he particularly shines. He's not amazingly um, done great in Europe uh, uh, over the over the piece. I don't think, but I think it'd be a lot of most Celtic fans would be delighted to see him back. Um, it'd be you know be quite nice just to see someone at the club that can take a corner as well. So. <laughs> And uh, Gabby, what what would you consider sort of key differences? Because this is a sort of ongoing debate among Celtic fans at the moment. And then there's a debate about whether it's even a necessary debate to have because they can both exist in the same squad and both be helpful. But what what would you consider the key differences between Griffiths and Odson Edward? I think Griffiths is someone who probably uh, stretches defences a little bit more. I think Edward, he's not, he's not a target man, I'm not saying that, but Griffiths is someone who will run into the channels, who will yeah. play right on that offside line and will really make defenders think about things and just give Celtic uh, a very different sort of option mm-hmm. to Edward. So if you, you play both or you bring one on for the other, it really changes things up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think that's an important thing. He's obviously a guy who, as Edward did last season, but he's a guy who's proved he can score at this level. Uh, as Joe says, he hasn't necessarily done that well in Europe or even internationally for Scotland, apart from those two free kicks against England. But he's a player who, if you look at his goal scoring record at Premiership level, is just unreal. You know, yeah. he's he's better than one in two, I think, since he's been at Celtic. And you know, we talked the other day, I think, about Rangers potentially having two twenty thirty goal season strikers in Defoe and Morelos. You know, if Morelos stays. But I think you could say the same for Celtic. If you look at Griffiths and you look at Edward, they've got really some firepower up there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going into, Jules, if you're going into a big game uh, and you're Neil Lennon, say it's a, a derby against Rangers and you're trying to sort of pinpoint the weaknesses in Rangers' defence, if you're going with one up front there, is it Griffiths or is it Edward? <sighs> oh, interesting question. Um, at, at the moment, I'd have to say Edward still. Yeah. Um, I think definitely. Uh, it's early doors for Griffiths. Um, as Gaby says, he's an he's an expert at terrorising defences. Uh, he's a pain. He's a pain in the thing that I probably can't say. I've said worse. I'm sure. He's but a pain in the hoops. He is a pain <laughs> in the hoops. Oh, very good. He's pain in the singular hoop. Um, but he is an absolute pain in the hoop, and you can tell he gets under um, defender skin. Um, and he is quite unpredictable with that. Uh, Edward is more. 
you know, yeah, as I said, he's not a target man, but he's the sort of guy, he, you know, he'll get the ball, you know, in the box and just do something with it. Whereas Griffiths is kind of tearing around all over the place and up to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I, I st- it's going to be a while before Griffiths is probably a, a first choice pick, I think, to set him over Edward. Yeah. And do you think there's uh, any scope in the way that Neil Lennon lines his team up where Griffiths and Edward could play with each other and feed off each other? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, th- I think that's definitely, I think it's something to be thinking about and kind of hoping to try and engineer. Um, we've not seen a huge amount of Edward playing like that, um, with that sort of still, but I think by, you know, as we say, he's not a target man, but I think they could see the two of them linking up um, in a quite an exciting way. And that's sort of, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's a good thing to see. Whether it happens or not, I think it's about doing a line again, but I think mm-hmm. it's definitely something that would suit it would suit Lennon's style. I think it would definitely could, be something. You could sort of play Griffith sort of slightly off to the right yeah, so we can exactly. cut in on his left foot. I mean, we've seen him play there before. He certainly played there a lot for Hibs. So yeah. if you had yeah. Edward up as more of a sort of focal point, I know you've got Forrest on the right, but if Forrest is out injured or you want to go with something different, you could play Griffiths just sort of slightly definitely. off to the right. And uh, I think yeah. he, he's obviously shown he can perform that role. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at oldfunfacts1, Jules on captain underscore howdy, and Gaby on at Gaby Mackay. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. (laughs) 